Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, and changed our voices electronically, not surgically. And gone underground, So that too. we can stay employed because our bosses would never allow us to bring you our candid, unfiltered views on such a wide ranging of stocks, uh, range of stocks every week. And unvarnished, Vern. I want to just Unvarnished as well. Yes. Uh, and for free. Uh, every week we get together and look for ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey. This week uh, is basically the electrical and electronics uh, week in their 13-week rotation. Um, but before we get to individual stocks, we want to remind everybody that this is for entertainment purposes only. We may own all the stocks we're talking about or have other vested interests or conflicts of interest. In fact, we may not know any, I guess, legally speaking, we may not know anything about what we're talking And we may not be entertaining. Of course, regular uh, listeners already well, but we're, know that. We're legally protected on that. They can't, they can't come get us for being boring. Well, no, no. They can just turn uh, to another show. But you will, always, you will always get basically an inside view of how we as professionals look at stocks. This at week, least after work um, uh, on Friday. To learn more about us, um, see you know, interesting photographs and uh, take a survey – uh, please visit our website, www.thevalueguys.com. The second half of the show, I'm going to come back with three high-energy but very green uh, names. High-energy? Including <laughs> my Obama stimulus stock of the week. Oh, my God. Cooper. Is it still Cooper Industries or did they just I change it? Yeah, it's Cooper Your Industries. Your Obama stock My Obama week. stimulus stock of the week. Oh, my God. But first, I'm going to turn the show over to my elder colleague, Val Hughes. Thank you. Get it. Thank you very much. Bringing back the uh, tagline, very nice. Okay, everybody. Well, uh, thanks for listening in. You certainly have better things to do than listen to this, I'm quite sure. So you're probably on a drive or somewhere indisposed, and you're being forced to listen to this. Um, as I do every week. Wouldn't I'm, it be something if this is the only <laughs> station you I'm could sure get? I'm sure it's true, exactly. This is the only thing that comes in. Um, as I will every week, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be bringing you three value ideas. I've had a career investing in value stocks, and now me and my buddy Vern here, uh, not his real name, get together. We might be having an adult beverage, and we've been doing this 25 years. Uh, we get value line. So inevitably, in that kind of length of time, we've done it yeah, and, and drank adult beverages we have. at the same and time. And so in the we're past. just kicking back, going through these names, and you're sort of in on the conversation we'd be having. Although we take out most of the swearing, I have to admit that. Yeah, you're hearing an edited version. This of is very edited. We it's uh, PG-13. Uh, we're all about the family. And also, I do go in page number order, and so um, this week I'll be doing that as well. First up this week. And there was a lot of controversy over what I would choose this week. I wasn't quite sure because I went back and forth, ladies and gentlemen, frankly, on IBM. Where, where, were, where was it a controversy? In the bar where we were. <laughs> okay. So I was looking at IBM and Dell. And here's my theme. I'm not going to get into it. This is the one I'm not doing. But all this virtual computerization where I can take all the PCs, cut it by 20%, and just host everything on a mainframe somewhere – IBM's going to pick up some of this business because they're going to do the hosting um, and, you know, corporate America is going to shed a lot of PCs and we're going to get back to really a sort of, you know, dumb terminal, big mainframe world, except you'll have all your personal stuff on your terminal now and it'll look just like your machine now. And I think IBM could benefit from that trend. But Look, you got a CapEx cycle that's apt to not look so good. So I backed away from IBM, but I'm going to come back to it next cycle. We just actually, I have to say, 
bought this in the shop in a large cap portfolio we're building um, because it looks on a long-term basis to be a good entry point. They put up great returns, and it's cheap than, you know, it's cheap as hell, but I'm not doing that one this week. Okay, what am I doing? First up, Hubble, ticker HUBB, page 1014. For those of you that have What been, do they do? Well, I'm going to get to that, but, you know, it's one of these Next. needs... Not once. Needs not once. That's been my theme lately. Because we're going into a period where clearly the government's going to be taking a big share of GDP. Uh, they don't want to have to figure out all the little niches where they might put that money. That's for the private sector to worry about and figure out the best of breed approach to myriad of problems. So what they're going to do is come at some big problems. And one of the big problems we know they're going to come at is sort of the electricity and the grid. And uh, we're going to have, you know, this path toward electric cars and more reliance on, you know, U.S.-based energy sources. And that means electricity is going to gain share. And we've been talking about this for some time. Um, I don't know that much about electricity, you know, frankly, from a chemistry or physics point of view. But I do know that this company makes stuff that people buy when they're expanding their use of electricity. Can you back me up on that, Vern? Wouldn't you say, Hubble? You're very quiet over there. Well, okay, they let make me just... electrical products, so perfect, yes, I'd say perfect, their success perfect, perfect. Let me read for you. sales of electrical Listen, products. Listen, let me read for you what Value Line is saying about this. Hubble makes electrical equipment for commercial, industrial, and utility customers. Well, uh, certainly... Who does that leave? Uh, no one, frankly. <laughs> they do low-voltage products. they're not buying a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no ocean-based systems here. Ooh, that's going to slow their growth. Uh, no, they do, you know, low-voltage, high-voltage. It doesn't say, but I'm quite sure they do medium-voltage, don't you think? Uh, and so I see a long history of good returns. I mean, all kidding aside, ladies and gentlemen, as difficult as that is, is their returns <laughs> going back. Aside. Yeah, just set set that aside. <laughs> their returns going back for 15 years on the value line have been very stable in the low to mid teens. They have very little debt. You know, they have some debt, 500 million. Um, they have 200 million in cash that offsets a little bit of that, but their equity is, uh, you know, a billion one, and their interest expense is covered 17 times by their operating income, so that's pretty good. And I think the theme here is simply infrastructure, uh, and you're in at a good price. In terms of cash flows, which, you know, you can calculate a lot of ways. Value Line puts up this cash flow per share number. 445 estimated for 09. That's down about 10%. Stock at 33. It'll probably be down more than that. Yeah, it may, it may go down so, some more. So take a look at the valuation. I stress the number that they're doing. And if it still looks cheap, I'm sorry. What? I'm lecturing you. Please yeah, go I mean, ahead. Uh, let's talk later uh, about yeah, Europe. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to edit that out, Vern. I'll tell you. What you do get here is a 4.5% yield. It's pretty well covered. Uh, they do have a history of buying back shares. Not so clear whether they'll be doing that right now. And I think you've got, you know, one of the cheapest entry points in a long time, decent balance sheet, good yield, and a thematic play on the growth of electricity, Hubble, H-U-B-B. Uh, and then uh, what's up here next? Pitney Bowes, page 1136. I have talked about this before. So, again, if you go to our website, pull our code into your explorer you get all our shows indexed and you can actually look things up by ticker in terms of which show we talked about it i think it's but been a while though it may have been now pitney bows if you don't recall you know this is the world's largest manufacturer of postage meters and mailing equipment so again i've been into this needs not once uh are we going to have less mail yeah maybe as the economy moves down but bear in mind gdp is going to be down 
uh, what, 2 3 4% over a two-year period. That's not a lot compared to how much it's going to grow later. There is a replacement business here in the sense that you have machines doing things and they wear out. So even if they have 10% or 10-year lives, it means 10% of all these machines need to be replaced every, you know, every year. And uh, they're a leading market share. I look back over time here, their sales have never really gone down, doing $6 billion right now. Their operating margin is consistently in the... <coughs> excuse me, upper 20s, uh, they have a 15% return on capital, and that's been pretty stable. That's at the low end, actually, of what they do. The rub on this is that they are have 91% debt to capital. <laughs> now, we talk about, you know, clean balance sheets and all that. Um, that's a lot, I'll admit. But, you know, you have this thing operating where when you have a very high operating margin and high returns on capital, even at that, you know, excessive level in terms of return on capital, you're still covered uh, about five times. In other words, your operating expense, the money, operating earnings, the money you have available to pay interest is five times the level of interest. The company has no point in history ever of going down that much in terms of the probability of them not meeting that. So in effect, this company is smart to be levered up that much. They'll never run into a problem. They don't have much debt due in the next uh, five years, they've got about a third of their outstanding, which sounds like a lot at $5 billion, but evidently if something's not $500 billion, it's just not a lot anymore. And their equity here is... Um, not I mean, so their, big. Their total capital is <laughs> not about... Not so big. It's about, well, that is their total capital, basically, <laughs> the total debt. But it's well covered, stable growth. Again, needs not once, postage machines... I thought uh, I thought we didn't need those anymore now that we have the internet. Can't you just go to stomp? Well, you stamps. can't email an actual physical package to people. Yeah, but can't you just print one off your computer? Uh, you can't. You can't, Vern. You can't oh. fax so you a for? machine. Uh, what they do is they print something with the postage on it. It goes on a letter. It goes on a package. You uh, you've can... seen packages in trucks, all those trucks <laughs> driving around. Anyway, the UPS guy Bows, that comes and puts a label on Well, he, they don't know. They That's a different Thing. Oh, and UPS okay. may be interesting. We'll look at that in another Not issue. FedEx. But Pitney Bowes, uh, PBI, page 1136. I don't know if I got to the valuation here. It's uh, extremely really. cheap. Well, let me get to that. It because must be. You keep interrupting me, and then I lose my place. $5 in cash flow, stock at 26. That's five times. So that's pretty good. Enterprise value to EBITDA, we've got about, uh, let's see, $10 billion in total cap. And operating earnings of about 1.5. So it's about six times, which I'll take the inverse of that, one over six, 16%. If I bought the whole company, I'm earning 16% cash on the cash I just put up to buy the company in terms of the equity and the debt. And that's a great valuation on a stable business. Right now, I mean, T-bills and treasuries are earning 3% or less. And, again, we're not buying the whole company, but private equity should keep these guys honest in the sense of, ultimately how uh, how you know how the stock is valued so i like this one a lot pitney bowes pbi and then finally and i didn't leave myself a lot of time it's an, it's an easy story office depot odp page 1134 i own this and the quick story is they're number 2 in an office business you know stationery etc business to staples <coughs> their returns aren't as good as staples their gross margin is a little bit higher which might mean they're charging a little more than staples uh, and so customers aren't getting quite as good of a deal. And they have half the number of stores. Okay. However, right now they're three times on an enterprise value to EBITDA basis. They have very little debt, 16% debt to cap. 
Their return on capital is not great, <coughs> but uh, you know the management here has a long history of buying stock in uh, and using the balance sheet to benefit the shareholder. Uh, the uh, CEO here used to be at um, Auto, what was it, AutoZone, where he you know took took a strategy of uh, buybacks for the co- stock went from 10 to 100 over what's an eight-year period. It, does it grow at GDP? Uh, they do grow at GDP. You know, they've gained share from all the mom and pops. Well, then why has the stock um, been slaughtered so bad? Well, I think people, you know, that's a good question. I think people are a little worried that, um, you know, maybe there's too many stationary guys in the industry, the certainly Internet. to the extent that, um, you know, there's new business formations, and the first thing you do is go out and buy a lot of stationary for your inventory, you know, that's not happening this year at the margin. That could be important. They are showing big negative comps. Obviously, one of the first things businesses can cut is the amount of stacks well, of paper of you like. have in the back room. So part of this is an inventory depletion uh, for business. But ultimately, you know, they have a market share in the office business. It's very stable over time. And unless things are different than they've ever been before, uh, people are going to continue to use stationary. And um, Office Depot is priced at a 33% cash-on-cash return. Uh, They do need to make some changes, and they know it. They are shutting down money-losing stores right now, which helps profits. Uh, They are working things out with the bank. They have... You know, $500 million due over the next five years, which is way less than most people, but they are negotiating for some better terms. They're negotiating lease prices down. They're cutting people. So, you know, management's taking all the right steps, and it's priced right here. And you need local availability. So they're the well, they have one day service. Go away, right? They have one-day service into most metropolitan areas. I mean, in the shop, frankly, we're customers of theirs, and they have outstanding service, which makes me believe they will survive and, uh, you know, the market seems to think otherwise for reasons I can't explain. So I'm a buyer of Office Depot, ODP, page 1134. And, Vern, that's all I have this week. Time for a beverage break. Beverage break, everybody. Beverage break. Here we go. Clink. Thank you. And now with Clink. a uh, modest amount of ado mm. uh, here uh, in the uh, new I'm year. Slipping. I'll have to. Uh, Vern value. Well, well, I guess we reset the clock. Yeah, it's a to... new bar. Right. Okay, I'm up. To, I'm up for it. 2009 will be just fine. Okay, we'll keep, okay. keep your day dry. Right. Uh, Obama stimulus stock of the week, Cooper Industries. We're going to start there. Symbol CBE. Obama and, uh, stimulus stock. Well, this is. I mean, in a in a worldwide concurrent, uh, concomitant downturn. Um, with well, with economies you know going down everywhere, all industries under siege. I, I don't know if much of anything that's going to grow on an industry basis, except perhaps healthcare uh, spending in the developed well, world. Well, government, but that's not public. Evidently. Government, yeah. No, I'm talking about private enterprise. Yeah. Um, and the, the shrinking and the eye. overall global economy. Um, so uh, the, the market, of course, is desperate for uh, positive growth stories, and the uh, tremendous amount of stimulus that the U.S. and Chinese, principally governments, but also most of the major Western European and Japanese government have also announced uh, big fiscal stimulus, government spending plans. In other words, 
uh, crowd out some private investment, you know, multiplier effect, multiplier, we were talking about this before. Is That's less than Generally one. less than one, unfortunately. But it does but focus it all into a quarter. It, yeah, and you, can, and you can focus, you can over-allocate to a certain sectors of the economy, and some of them are very sensitive um, to activity and spending levels in terms of how many people they employ. And the construction industry, absolutely one of those, and that's why the Japanese pushed on that string for better part of a decade. Um, and so go? we're going to see some of that because that's a lot of the rhetoric that you hear about, um, you know, uh, a transformational change in energy sources uh, and a variety of other initiatives that um, – um, that we are likely to see the well, there'll be money from a central source directed at specially, you know, favored industries. Favored industries, right? Alternative Rather energy. Rather than let the market decide. Well, one of the one of the things that uh, I think we've learned as a nation over the last five years through uh, painful processes in some um, in some situations were that or is that our um, transmission and distribution grid of electri- for electricity. Uh, has not kept pace with our needs. Uh, it, we've underinvested for decades because of principally restrictions on the ability to earn a return from investing in those assets. Well, and we see that by the uh, the power going out all on the a time, basis. blackouts, big parts of the country going out. Yeah. I mean, in the United States of America yeah. in the 21st century, we can't keep the lights on. Right. Give me a break. It's embarrassing. Exactly. So there's uh, apparently a mood that as long as we can print money to uh, uh, to try to get the economy back on track, that investment in things like that could be a good idea. Electricity, um, and uh, especially right. if we're going to if we're going to favor investment in alternative energy, wind energy will probably continue to see uh, subsidization, and we're likely, at least, it's been talked uh, that we will see federally directed investment in. Um, uh, transmission assets, if you will, that would allow us to access wind energy in places where right now are inaccessible to the grid. And so maybe subsidized investment in transmission and distribution um, uh, equipment. And Cooper Industries, you probably have heard of McGraw-Edison. Does that sound familiar in the old uh, electrical products business? Edison. And uh, for people who are familiar with uh, you know, heavy-duty, uh, severe duty, electrical equipment. Krauss-Heinz is a major name in the industry. Uh, the Cooper name is, uh, is out there. I, this is a company that has such strength in so many different electrical categories that uh, Belden actually was spun out of Cooper like a decade ago. And uh, for those of you who think of it as one of those like five platform multi-industry companies, that was last decade's Cooper as well. That's, Today, that's how I think about 90% it. 90% of the business is electrical products. The other 10%, hey, tools and hardware, if we're going to spend money on infrastructure and stuff, probably going to need some tools too. Yes. So I agree. they don't, have you ever heard of a crescent wrench? It's like Kleenex, no, no the Vern. name Crescent is actually a brand name. They own it. Um, now, we've updated the price. Cooper, just a little under $30 as of the end today, um, down about 50% from its highs. You think some advance notice got out that you were going to be talking In about it today? In 2007? Right? No, it's just how volatile things have yeah. been. So the yield's not 3.6%, but I bet it's still over 3 That's attractive to me. The valuation, I did what I was going to suggest to you. 
I mean, I looked at their at their estimates. They have cash flow, gross cash flow at four and a quarter, stock at thirty. So call it seven and a half times gross cash flow. Not a lot of capex. I think a lot of the actual manufacturing fabrication has been outsourced to lower cost countries at this point. Uh, and so you're really you're talking about uh, maybe eight times free. Uh, if I if I look at um, historical earnings declines in the last recession, without maybe quite as much emphasis on directing investment into a sector favorable to Cooper, their earnings went down by about a third. Uh, they peaked, I guess, last year at about a little over three and a half. What if they went to $2? We're still only 15 times a very distressed, cyclical, low kind of number. So I don't think any question of the valuation looks attractive. Looked at it on an enterprise value basis, um, six times enterprise value to EBITDA using the value line estimates. My stress test, instead of a 15% margin on 6.3, almost $6.4 billion of sales, I looked at maybe more like 12% on $6 billion. That gives me around $700 million, more like an 8.5 multiple. So I can still earn that better than 10% cash-on-cash return that we generally target, even if the numbers don't turn out as well as the value line estimates. And I think there's a great story here, 90% electrical equipment, Cooper Industries. Well, there's such a disconnect because an old rule of thumb, a Ben Ben, uh, Graham rule of thumb, was the inverse of the 10-year treasury. So right now that would put multiples at 30 times. This guy's at eight times. Eight, eight so times. there's a huge disconnect in terms of uh, uh, equity trust. valuations. Yeah. Um, so I, Cooper, I mean, seriously, relatively low risk, right? Debt to capital, 29% according to value line. Uh, but they've got a substantial amount of cash on the balance sheet, only a billion of uh, debt net. They have about $5 billion equity market cap. Um, really not a lot of risk in uh, Cooper. Um, next, um, also, and I've looked at this name several times because I always start by looking at the value line stocks that aren't even rated. And Tyco Electronics is one of the surviving businesses from the bust-up of Tyco. Sure. Yeah. And I've been watching it for a long time because it is truly a franchise business and would be a fabulous acquisition for a big business that can go out and pay $10 billion for a really focused in this case, electrical and electronic components it looks business. Like you don't have to pay ten billion um, anymore. They have important presence in network so network systems and wireless systems. They also own the business that puts most of the uh, fiber optic cable under the ocean. I, I presume they'd like to exit that, but I don't think they've been able to get fair value out of anybody. Uh, stock's not at fifteen dollars, which value line shows actually closer to seventeen today. Um, the one thing that gives you pause when you look at the value line summary is they don't show a very good return on capital, but their operating margins are in the mid-teens. So what's the problem? They're overcapitalized. Well, they're overcapitalized. Too much cash. The stock price, even at the $17 level, is about 70% a book. Do they have too much cash? This is a company that needs to pay out a big dividend. They have a billion in cash. You may need that for a $12 billion, $14 billion revenue company. So, no, they're not overcapitalized that way. They're probably under-leveraged, and I think in a better uh, economic environment, you could really get some interesting – uh, improvement returns, not just growth. Uh, this stock's been slaughtered. It's down more than 60%. The yield uh, is around 4%. Um, and like I say, an interesting takeout candidate when uh, when corporate appetite for risk can be a little bit bigger, uh, maybe later this year, maybe next year. We'll see. You just um, breeze through that one. Thank you. And the uh, third one. No, it wasn't, it wasn't a uh, compliment. Well, I am trying to be careful oh, okay. about the time here. 
you okay, know, so you just you feel pretty board. sure about that one, though. Yeah, Tyco Electronics. Yeah. I, okay. I, just, I mean, the stock has been thirty to forty dollars for a year and a half that it existed. Now it's available for under twenty. No, listen, I don't know. I'm I'm not in the Cooper because, versus Tyco family, but it just seems well, like Tyco it, is a little more. Uh, they they may they sell things like uh, cables and connectors. Uh, they make a lot of passive components. Um, Nothing that a, exciting, really, to talk about. No, it's really kind of dull technology-wise. Okay. Well, but they're, in a way, they are kind of the Cooper of the electronic world instead of the electrical. So I don't have hmm. the stimulus package argument for Tyco. It's just a very high-quality franchise selling okay. at a discount. Well, uh, and now I've got a very obscure name that I almost guarantee you have not heard of. Um, but I've owned this before. Um uh, and I'm familiar with the underlying story. The company is called CTS Corp. Um, stock recently around five and a half bucks, um, down a lot. Uh, again, this is another one that's down more than 60%. So the market cap is under $200 million. Um, they have a little bit of debt, $100 million of debt, but they have $50 million of cash. So, I mean, all in, they don't. it doesn't look like it's really over-leveraged, even though it's a small company. Um, they, their operating margins consistently run in the 10% level, so it's a reasonably uh, profitable business. Making electronic components and sub-assemblies for OEMs, basically they have uh, an EMS business, electronics manufacturing. Um, they basically sell their ability to assemble things at low cost. Uh, to other people that have designed products, so a contract manufacturing business. And that's about 50 to 60% of the business. The other smaller piece, yet very substantial, are com actual components that they make and uh, assemble of design for OEMs, including a big position in the sensor industry, which was the thesis we had back when I owned this before. The stock got killed in the last recession, uh, had you know a major recovery early in the cycle because I think of their uh, their uh, – uh, relationship to uh, or their dependence on auto build, typically. Uh, last cycle, sales got cut almost in half. I think they have a better, more diverse uh, uh, customer and business base today. They've also up off the peak. They're only up about 50% from peak. Last cycle, their business more than doubled, okay? So got overheated, I think, a bit because what was going on in the electronics world, the TMT bubble years, not quite the same now. Um, so, I, you know, there's probably downside from the level where we're at. But really, I think very well compensated for in valuation. Six times free cash flow, uh, consistently profitable. I'm looking at uh, just over four times enterprise value to EBITDA using value lines estimates. I stress test it, you know, take uh, sales down 10, 15% below what value lines estimating, knock a point or two off a margin, and uh, I'm still around five times. So. Um, with a good underlying sensors are great because these are the thing that thing the uh, little electronic components that with uh, increasing accuracy can measure all kinds of things that are happening in a, a mechanical productivity system tools that allow you to fine tune it and that's terribly important when you're trying to control emissions and to meet more and more demanding standards. No, are economy. people going to be buying that stuff now? They're going to be buying more of it in the future. No, are they going to? Is this one of those things you can sort of put off? Well, it's been uh, it's it's going to oh, recover. Oh, look, that stock is down quite a bit. Yeah, because huh. more than sixty percent because wow. of what's happened in the auto industry. This one's about fifty percent of book value. Tyco Electronics about seventy percent. Both of them overcapitalized, uh, and I think good uh, businesses with good um, favorable longer term uh, growth rates. Not sexy, but uh, very well established businesses. But Cooper Industries, my pick of the week, CBE. 
And uh, Val, what's your uh, favorite name this week? My favorite name, you know, is uh, well, it's either going to be it's either going to be uh, Office Depot, which I own, and I think there's tremendous leverage to that, or it might be Hubble, which I think the thematic, you know, the o- Obama electrical effort or the OEE, as I like to refer to it, <laughs> uh, may come to bear on bear on that one. So I'm going to have to go with uh, with Hubble. Well, thanks for being with us, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.